Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Red Men Radio, the Liverpool podcast that features myself, Paul Machin, and the man sat opposite me, Mr. Chris Pajak. Hello! Yeah, everybody. Um, talking about Liverpool news and Liverpool events, and this week, unfortunately, um, a defeat and then leading into the FA Cup. Uh, we'll get on to all of that <clears> in due course. Um, some 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 interesting stuff in the news, which we will cover. But first, we've got a kickoff question that comes from uh, Wavy Bone, who's at Sour Life on Twitter. Chris, if you were a manager, would you go trackies, full suit? And is the most interesting potential of this, <laughs> or something else? I'd never really considered this question. What the something else might be? Well, or you know, when you general. think of being a manager, you you do think, well, you know, it's Saki's all full suit, isn't it? You know, I'm not going to go and dungarees, for example. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Imagine if Jürgen rocked up in just a pair of a pair of dungarees, a pair of Doc Martin boots, and nothing else. Yeah, that's pretty much what my brother went to a stag doing. Amazing. Oh, and my dad is air blonde on the way there as well. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, I think I'd be a full suitor. I think trackies during the week, absolutely. Yeah. I'd like to consider myself um, cool enough to go and do what the Hoffenheim manager did. I forget his name. Um, and I think he was like jeans and white teenies and a blazer, wasn't he, or something okay. like that. You know what I mean? And that, I, I, But I'm not cool enough, so I'd, not, I'd go full. Not I'd like a Louis Enrique double denim debacle. I, do you know what? I'd like to give the fans something back, Paul. Right. A bit like Rafa Benitez and, you know, turn up for those pre-season games in trackies and, and, and just watch the fans buzz off you. I love that notion. What Rafa did with that was, you're right, like he... The, the master of professionalism took his job very and his life very very seriously, um, but yeah, he he, he his demeanor for those games he told right yeah. in preseason. Well, he, he, he's just saying to you, listen, this I don't give I, I don't give a fuck about this, and you shouldn't either. I'm going to rock up in in just my trainees and my ethelos my trainees and, and and sweatpants. Um, yeah, you never look you never look right. I I always thought I would be a, a suit manager, um, but I I think. I think I'd wear a suit for cup finals. I think I'd be a tracky manager. Um, Why? Or because just to show how, just to, to like, I'll give you an example. It's not, it doesn't quite follow, but I remember like Rafa's first season in charge and he basically sat down for the whole season and we got che- we got to Chelsea in the Champions League semi-final. He was up for that game. He was stood up and he'd done the press conference about like, you know, we, we, can, we can beat them, we can go through. And then he, he was stood up and he was orchestrating everything from the touchline and it made you realise how, how, again, 
the of the flip side of the preseason thing, how important it was. I like that notion of like, no, it's, it's like an FA Cup final. I'm getting me, I'm getting me shooting tired because I believe that cup finals are are due the 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 bit of pomp and circus. Or I'd have it out to go to points, and I'd do I think what I did on my three year plan video where I'd have to I'd, you'd rip it open, you'd walk out to the pitch. And as the whistle's about to blow, you rip it off and there's your tracksuit and you're ready to dive like into the fray. I like that. Um, I'll just go boring and full suit it. Would you cap it, Paul, if you're a tacky man? Absolutely not. I don't do caps. Why? Because I've got boss hair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not at the moment. It's a bit windswept. Um, I've, never, I've never seen the point of caps. I mean, I understand some people have things to cover up. Um, and other people, get, I don't get cold head. Yeah. Okay. So it's not as much of an issue. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Chris is a cat man. No, not really a hat man in general. You've done, you haven't not worn a hat to a football match in two months. Yeah, I get cold head. I'm, but, but generally speaking, I'm not a hat man. Like, I'm not a cat man, certainly. Yeah. I've got too fat a face for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think I'm. I, don't, I, I would, you know, what I would love, I would love to shoot caps, and I would love to have the need for them. But all it just does is make you give you a hat head, and who need who needs that? And then you're committing to committing to wearing a cap all day inside. I'm not a redneck. I don't need it. It's not for me. Um, <laughs> okay, news in brief. Uh, some bits and pieces of transfer news. I say news. Uh, Duncan Castles, Chris, um, journalistic bellend, um, has come out and said that Liverpool are in, on Yahoo. Because yeah. um, see things are going well for them. Uh, on, on Yahoo said that Liverpool are in for Luan. We've Again. had this before, I think, and maybe on a podcast. Um, what do they do when they web search? Uh, they use an internet service search provider. Yeah, we've Do had they, the, I know we, I, I, we've had this. Haven't so we? does it? So randomly, enough, I was speaking to someone in a pub years ago. Who does who was employed by Yahoo, and I did ask him that question. And basically, they had to say that they have to. They, they, have, to, they have to Yahoo it. You know how the you know how like the French don't like adopting new words. Yeah. Like there's a very there's a very, the the French the, the, the hardline French people don't like it, adopting words. So they so that's why you end up with like magnetoscope for cassette player and stuff like that. Um. They, so they end up having these really round the houses ways of describing things, and that it's that kind of situation. They can't. They obviously can't say Google when they are a say they've got a search engine, so they have to say using using internet. I'll have to perform an internet search there. <laughs> Good on you, Yahoo employees. Um, but no, he said Luan. He's in Liverpool. Are interested in Luan? Now we saw that we've seen these links for at least twelve months. Um, but um, it's I think it's Ian Doyle and the Echo since come out and said Liverpool, where they've spoken to Liverpool or whatever, and Liverpool are categorically not in for him and not interested in him, which is a little bit of a shame. I, I like I like the look of him. I've got no problem with bringing another Brazilian in if he, if if he's good or whatever. But one little thing at the bottom end of this article is he basically says in a total throwaway line, Liverpool have got a deal agreed with Lamar, but they haven't got a deal agreed with, with Monaco. Monaco. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. It seems to be the way that Liverpool are doing a lot of work. Football? Yeah. yeah. In general? Um, nobody else has picked it up yet. Nobody else has ran with that. It's been a few hours as well since that one broke and stuff. So I'd be very surprised if that was actually the case. It's still rumours everywhere else and they're all still citing back to that. So there's no... And here's the thing. 
six hours is a long time in journalism. Yeah. People will make the connection and go and ask people. Yeah. You know, they'll start speaking to Lamar's agents and they'll find these out and they'll start speaking to Monaco and stuff. So I'd imagine if there was something in that, yeah. that that would have broken properly by yeah, now. I agree. Um, but that's I, not, there's yeah, nothing, yeah. I guess at the minute, there's nothing to break per se, is there? I think it's similar to what exactly what you're saying there. It's like Daniel Sturridge has apparently got an agreement. He's probably he's agreed with a host of clubs, probably Sevilla and, and Inter Milan, in terms of they've said, "Here's the deal." What 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 you imagine what's happening? And it, it's just been made public a lot more this season. Is exactly what we know. Agents are talking to clubs, and clubs are going, "If we can get a deal agreed, what does you what does your guy want? He wants seventy five grand a week, and he wants X amount of this and X amount of that." And they go, "Sounds okay, yeah, cool. Uh, let's get the deal." If the, we get it's deal interesting agreed. actually because the chance stuff's come out to, today or yesterday as well, wasn't it about the Juventus? Chairman, I think it is, has come out and spoken about this. And this is last week, I think it was. And it, he's basically said, We haven't got an agreement in place. It we'll find it very difficult. We've not even one hundred percent committed to him as a player. He's someone that we really like, but we've not we've not made any offers or anything. So and that's been going on for a long time as well, and that hasn't moved on any. And you know, he's open to negotiate as of January the first, he was open to negotiating and they still haven't put that in. So you can imagine if the chance stuff probably a lot easier to get over the line hasn't been done. Mm. Getting a deal with Monaco short is going to be even more difficult because you know his contract's not running out. Yeah, absolutely. Um Lazarovic is wanted by Spartak Moscow, according to the Echo, and Aston Villa, according to Football Whispers. Strange on this. In what way? That anyone wants them? Yeah. <laughs> Poor old Lazarovic. He's because it's not like he's been training with the kids. He trains with the first team. Yeah. Every single week, every single day, he's there. He's in all the same gear as everyone else. But he's just persona non grata at, at Melwood. It's crazy. And it, look, if he's not good enough, he's not good enough. Fine, but this again. I said this. I don't even know what we said this on the other week. This is a lad who's won titles. In teams, he's been he's been an important part of sides. Not saying top end of the Premier League level sides, but there must be a com- a combination of attitude and maybe and probably wage demands, and then a little bit of Liverpool just saying, "Well, listen, you know, you want to recoup as much as possible." Exactly. Yeah, and you know, Lazar Markovic might still believe in himself when nobody else does. Mm. You know, and he might think that he deserves a move to a good big club and. You know the the smaller clubs out there, like, like you know lower level clubs, might be like looking at it and going, "Well, we've got no chance." Yeah, I would. Um, it sparked my thinking that I would very much be having a little poke around Quincy Promes again if they're um, if they're taking a winger a winger off our hands. I don't say that it was something that necessarily would happen, but it's interesting. That there was the, the, so that I read an Aston Villa fan. I guess it's like an Aston Villa fan blog reacting to the rumour of him going to Aston Villa and them saying That is some thorough research friend Well, it came up on Google okay. about the third or fourth highest thing so it, it was a degree Not many people talking about Markovic to Villa then mm, Absolutely um, Yeah, I mean, like, to be fair, like the source didn't come up before the, the, the reaction to it kind of thing and they were saying like he would be a better fit for what they do uh, I think it's Anoma it's going to be going, uh, they've got on load at the moment it's not working out but anyway um, they're saying it doesn't seem likely because Klopp, it says Klopp and Liverpool still still rate him so they'd only want it to be a loan deal the guy's got 18 months left on his contract I can't help but feel that they will take anything that, that, unless this is like this is the next level this is how this is the next how deep down Liverpool are getting into training 
in that we, we basically trained Alberto Moreno up with a, for a year. Markovic needs that much work that he's just gone deep on death for, for, for two years. 2021 is going to be his year. <laughs> 2021, yeah. mark my words, yeah. the year of Lazar Markovic. Yeah. God, he'll still only be about 26 by that point as well. Um, Arsene Wenger has had a little bit of a dig Um how the press basically have a lot more love for the likes of Liverpool than Arsenal. Now, it's being spun as this. I didn't see any direct references, so it's being... I think people are reading between the lines on this, but fine. I just done a video of this on 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 um, TV YouTube channel talking about mainly about the Wenger side of things rather than the, 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 the any any perceived dig at Liverpool. But he talked about how there's clubs that haven't been in a final for 25 years who um, get more love than his side who've won three FA Cups in, in four years. And he basically goes on to say about turning the mood of the fans. Um, you can't turn the mood of the fans because the mood of the fans is basically being dictated by the press. The press are responsible. Got that the wrong way down then, hasn't he? Mm. 100%. I mean, let's be honest, the fan reactions to Arsenal is out before the press nowadays. Mm. <laughs> and these lads who come out of the stadium and talk just like we do outside our grounds aren't reading any articles before they go and speak to Arsenal fan TV. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's not the press, it's the flip reverse and the lads in the stadium are getting their views from what they see on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what they see happen or not happen at boardroom level of that club. I saw someone in the comments saying that though, it, 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 he's just exaggerating, he's talking about Liverpool, he's just over-exaggerating. Just to clarify, Liverpool were in two finals two seasons ago. I mean, look, we didn't win them, granted, so it's not like I'm going, oh, in your face, Arsene, finals. Um I could only surmise. I I could only surmise Chris that he was talking about Everton, and I thought that was a bit. I thought I thought that was that was classless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Porto are charging Liverpool fans sixty six pound fifty for away tickets. Nineteen ninety five, Paul. It's not twenty five <laughs> years ago. Um, it might as well be. Um, home fans are getting. Have made a bit in the final since then. Haven't they? Am I right in saying Everton have been in the final since then? Have well, they? Yeah, they got the FA Cup final then. 2011 oh, Chelsea or, or something, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. 1-0 up, didn't he? Because it's Jermaine Beckford scored. Oh, yeah. Steve was there. He both did. No, he, he did. Never. No, he never. That would that's, that's, be an illegal thing to do. Um, he uh, he came back very, 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 very sunburnt that day. Um, Porto are charging the fans £66.50, 75 I think that is euros for away tickets. So home fans are getting them for 22 Bit of a piss too. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope that they give me three tickets for that. You know, it's triple the price. I want, mm. I want space. I, I want, you know, an armrest. I want some leg room, if nothing else. Which I, know, which I who knows? Maybe Porto Stadium will provide me with with leg room. Am I right in saying Porto got safe standing? You know what, Chris? That's the kind of thing that we you maybe could have just taken a second to Google <laughs> rather than throw me under the bus with the question. Um, honest answer is I don't know. Um, it would be lovely for you to experience that. I'm, I'm sure if we get tickets, if anyone, um, everyone, everyone can cross fingers and toes that we get tickets. That would be absolutely amazing. I suspect that our respective significant others will be asking, praying, nay, uh, that everyone uncrosses them. Doesn't look like Porto have safe standing. Okay, cool, man. Um, so, whatever, we'll 
people will be stood up anyway. I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit of a piss take. I mean, it continues to happen. I think it's getting better on the, on a domestic front in terms of limiting the prices for the, for away tickets and what have you. But you've seen how difficult it is for the likes of Spirits of Shankly and the Tottenham groups and the Arsenal groups to, to get something organised in in one country. You can imagine it's even more difficult to go across Europe and stuff like that. I mean, just speaking to UEFA, I imagine to pain in the arse. Yeah, and uh, they don't seem to know their arse from their elbow, do they? Quite honestly, much like FIFA. So. Mm. Something needs to be done about that because that's not right. I mean, think of let, let's just think of it. Half these lads who are going to the Porter games are probably getting the bus there for a euro or two mm-hmm. euros. You know, we know how much expense it costs to go to a European game. How would they feel if we get we, if we charge them what is essentially what's a home a cop ticket fifty quid, yeah, one hundred and fifty quid for their away for their away ticket. Yeah. Now, if Liverpool did that, they'd be I'd be fuming that Liverpool did that. Yeah. You know, to another set of fans, I think that's ridiculous, and the fact that they've managed to do it to us is is, a, is an absolute joke. Like. Yeah, absolutely. Well, more on that, if anything, I think moves on from that. But I wouldn't, wouldn't hold your breath. Um, last bit of news: Then Javier Mascherano is leaving Barcelona after eight years for Hebei China Fortune. Um, fair play, fair play to him. Yeah. Um, it's sad for me when you see players of his quality at whatever age of their uh, whatever stage. stage of their career, sorry, go into somewhere like China because it feels like it feels like they are just doing it for the money. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and I wonder whether they've lost that competitive edge that made them great in the first place. You know, um, I imagine the truly great competitors want to compete until they can't compete anymore. And, yeah. Um, it, it feels like one massive payday. Listen, he's earned it. He's worked harder than anybody on a football field for the last 15 to 20 years. Yeah. You know, he's probably done more running than everybody. Yeah. Um, he survived half a season at West Ham as well, fair fuck. Exactly. Um, so, listen, he's had a great career. I, I'm a little bit gutted that he's not come back to Liverpool. Yes. I think that's where it comes back to is, there, I think there would have been a place for him in our squad of someone who's, who's, <coughs> excuse me, who's won. As much as he'd won. Yeah. I mean, just looking at it, I, 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 I thought he was 34 now, but he doesn't turn 34 till the end of the season. I mean, it's one of them, isn't it? That's a last... He's gone for a last payday before he retires, you'd imagine. I think it was it, it was just a Barcelona phrase on the lines of he's only, he's only featured in 12 games so far this season. He's fresh then, isn't he? Well, yeah. Tell he's, spinner, Paul. he's starting to... Uh, you know, he's starting to see his, his powers... His powers waning and his ability on a football pitch. I agree. I'd have, I'd have loved to have seen it have a season or two of Mascherano just in and amongst the squad. Yeah, ten games playing the playing the league cup if he, if he's willing to and teach a few people how to be a winner and, and yeah. show them what type of uh, application you need to show on the training ground and on the pitch to be able to get to where he got to in football. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, four La Liga titles and two Champions Leagues in eight years. Absolutely, again, absolutely. There was a bit, you know, the the acrimony in which he, he left Liverpool. It meant he left under a bit of a cloud. I think he made us feel better by beating Man United in the Champions League final did. that season and dedicating it to us. But um, when you see stuff like that, though, Chris, you, you, you know it, it is what it is. He's made he's, he's he's fought and scrapped to make himself not just a a good career, a great career. And he was look, he was fantastic at football. I genuinely loved having him at Liverpool. Um, and yeah, absolutely, all the best to him. Yeah, uh, yeah. for the future. Um, we've got some really interesting stuff actually. Just in terms of news, we're going to be recording the Reds transfer news roundup on the redmentv.com tomorrow, that's Thursday. Um, bit of an in-depth uh, dive into what's going on in Liverpool's transfer scene, a little bit more discussion around, you know, I think people are starting to get a little bit fearful that the Reds might not 
add to our squad, looking a little bit more about Klopp's reaction to it. Obviously, we know he did his press conference. It was last week now, but you know, let's see where things have moved on from there. You're going to be talking to Jonathan Northcroft Jonathan later Northcroft. on today. Yeah, so if you if you enjoy podcasts, obviously we do all the videos that we do in podcast form and dedicated podcasts as well over on the RedmenTV.com. Uh, so I've got. 20 minutes, half an hour lined up with Jonathan to pick his brain about Liverpool's transfer window so far. Uh, really looking forward to that conversation. Spoke to him a few times over the years and he's a really insightful bloke. Like. Yeah, I, lo- I love John. He's great. And in addition to that, it's been a bit an ongoing concern for Chris this throughout this window so far. So last week he spoke to Chris Bascom and the week before he spoke to Chris Williams. And obviously, if people want to go back through the archives on the RevmenTV.com and listen to that and get up to date with the ins and outs of Liverpool, not just from us giving you our opinions on things, but from professional professionals working in the industry with contacts and real knowledge then Chris is there to pull them apart and find out what they know screen them grill them for information anything you can glean will do absolutely uh, so yeah grill them like cheese absolutely um, and also just um, for those watching the video version of this podcast on the website you wonder where we've gone a bit sporty today we've been uh, over uh, uh, in the Anfield area in the Anfield community as it were Chris Um with Liverpool ladies Give midfielder. Back. No, okay, we went. No, no, we went. Um, Liverpool ladies midfielder Caroline Weir. So Chris has done a, an amazing interview with her. That'll be going up later on this week. And we've brought back the Zabby Alonso Challenge, which will be going up on the YouTube channel. Very, very good stuff. See Chris the Cat in gold. Um, okay, Chris, listen, uh, Swansea. We had a bit of a. We look. We've had a bit of a. We've had a. It's been tough. We went down to Swansea. And look, I don't want. I don't want to be one of those. The fact that we had to tra- we travelled down for the game is completely irrelevant. Liverpool don't owe me a performance because I, because I'm You're made right. to travel because ultimately it was my decision. And you don't go to football matches if you if you need a win. If you go to football matches needing a win, then you're in football for the wrong reasons. Um, but what I think what got me about the performance against Swansea, and it was something that I'd said in the build-up to it, was that it, it felt like it could it could easily have been the game that it was because of the expression, it's typical Liverpool. And what I was hoping that Liverpool would begin, uh, or continue on, I should say, I should say continue on the path to putting that expression to bed by getting into the swing of winning games that you're meant to be winning when you've just gone and got a great result against Man City, you don't go and lose against Swansea. And unfortunately... These things continue to rear their ugly head uh, for Liverpool as a football club, as a team, and obviously amongst the the fan base. I don't as well. buy it. I don't buy that at all. To be honest with you, the, the typical Liverpool things just it's it's bollocks, Paul. To be honest with you, yes, if you contextualise it as two games of football, beating the top team, beating them, it wasn't two games of football. It was fucking nineteen since we were last beaten. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So why do people contextualise it into a, into eight days? Yeah, when that's not what we're looking at. We're yeah. looking at typical Liverpool is going and staying unbeaten for eighteen games. That's more typical Liverpool yeah. over the last three months than losing at Swansea. Yes, we lost at Swansea. I understand that, yeah. but that happens in football. You don't go through a season getting beaten. Yeah. Uh, get, sorry, unbeaten. You just, it just doesn't happen very often. You know, Arsenal have done it once. And yeah. Liverpool have put together a run there whereby the best Liverpool sides, the ones that went out and won league titles, didn't have as good unbeaten runs as that in yeah. a lot of cases. So this is a side that have gone out and, uh, for me, I've bought that little bit of breathing room. Yeah, beaten. Yeah, it's footy. Yeah. It's footy. It's yeah. what can happen. Yeah. You know what? If, there was, if we didn't create any chances, I'd be fuming. Yeah. And listen, first half we created fuck all. Yeah. There was there was one maybe two opportunities. The shots thing, yeah, we only had four shots on target out of twenty one. 
seen Liverpool do that over the years. I got really pissed off at Liverpool earlier on in the season for doing it. Yeah. And they went out and they proved me wrong because they went on a fucking massive unbeaten run where they started converting loads of these and started snotting your West Ham's, your, Sw- your Swansea's, your Bournemouth's. We've snotted teams down the bottom of the table. Yeah. That, what we're talking about now, isn't typical Liverpool. That's the aberration at the moment, you know what I mean? That's that's the that's the outlier that you go, fuck, what, what can we do about that? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not Liverpool this season. We've started to beat us. Yeah, we've struggled against low box sides. Everyone fucking struggles against a low box side. Yeah. It's incredibly difficult when you get 11 professionals who buy into one fucking strategy and sit behind the ball. Yeah. It's just hard work, you know yeah. what I mean? It's very, very difficult to do. So typical Liverpool, typical Liverpool can fuck off as far as I'm concerned. But there you go. Couldn't have said it better. No, I agree. And I, I think the problem is it's it's an easy out. It's a, it's an easy it's an easy thing to do. And it, it, the typical, I think the typical part doesn't necessarily refer to it being something that happens all the time, but it's it, the reference is more to the fact that it's a, it, this is this is still it's still it's still it's still remnant Liverpool lose the do lose the games that you go they're the bankers that's still the thing that we lose now I, I'm sure every football club's got this if I'm perfectly honest inevitably we get a bit we we do it we 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 pull the blinkers down we're meant to. We're fans of a football club. We're not fans. Of, I mean, look, you can be a fan of football, but you're not. You don't care about other teams. And I, and I, and, I, and, I, and I, you know, maybe there's a percentage of people who do watch every game of football and every televised game and and, and great. But there is always a temptation in football. It's like the corners thing. It's thinking your team is the worst at taking corners. Ask any fan of any football club in the country whether their team is good at taking corners. And the, the the overwhelming majority of them will be like, oh, no, we're terrible. We always hit the first man. Or we haven't got anyone who can do them. We're, we're terrible at them. And they'll think they're probably terrible at defending them as well. That's the thing about it. What I what I liked in, in the... I think there's been a lot of balance off the back of this game because I think there's been a few people who've kind of like... You can see them. They want to lose their heads and they want to lose the shit. And we've got a, we've got a question a little bit later on which we're going to come to about that. Um, but... I, I I like the fact that it, it prompted a lot of people to go, no, 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 no. That goal, whilst very much is the goal that Liverpool concede, if I had to describe a goal that is the, the, the archetypal goal that goes in against Liverpool. Poor clearance, second ball. Yeah, someone, a, a second ball bounces, it gets a mad deflection and it drops to someone who sticks a toe on it and puts it in the back of the net. That is the goal that Liverpool concede more often than not. It's been 13 games since we conceded that goal. We conceded one against Sevilla um, and we haven't conceded that goal in that time. And as you mentioned, during that was in the midst of a, you know, of a very, very impressive unbeaten run um, as well. So, yeah, I, I'm te- I, my attempt. I, I think there is a temptation because I feel like it's been exacerbated this season more than any other. And it's something we talk about on this podcast quite a lot, Chris, is that I think there's a group of fans and whether it's just a new generation of fan coming up or maybe it's a middle generation who've been too, who've supported too long with, without, without enough success or whatever. There's, there, it feels like there's a lot of people who teeter on the brink of despair, and whenever Liverpool, it take all it takes is two back-to-back draws or one defeat, and it, it feels like the, and the people f- seem to think everything's going to come crumbling down around us, and that's that's the thing that makes me more annoyed being a Liverpool mm. fan almost than the manner in which we drop we drop points sometimes. Yeah, because we live our lives on social media a lot of the time now. We spend so much time looking at it and, and delving into it that you know you can't help but be uh, your views 
changed slightly or affected, sorry, is probably a better word, by the views of other people. Um, I try and stay clear of all that, I try and make my own opinions. That's why I try not to read anything before I start fucking speaking on camera and stuff like that. I try to walk away when I hear you do a match reaction because I don't want to just repeat what you've said. And if I repeat what you've said, that's fine, but at least I didn't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've got no idea about it. It's why I walk off and stuff like that. But it, it is... It, <laughs> It's mad because I just don't see it like that. It's yeah. just a game of footy and anything can happen in a game of footy. Like and you know, how do you how do you deal with that? Well, I delve I delved into the stats this week and you know, done a show on the Redmen again, Stats and Tactics Weekly, where we looked at the expected goals for and the expected goals against of Liverpool. Now I don't want to give away a large proportion of the show, but I found something in there and I was like Yes, I can fucking hold on to that yeah. because I can see what's happening here. And I'm not looking at it over a one or a two game period. I'm looking at it. I looked back from the start of the season mm -hmm. to now, and the findings were fucking fantastic. And it made me feel great about it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And when you delve into something, you find something like that that you've not only. There's something to be said for finding something yourself, yeah. not reading something and taking someone's opinion. I explored and found stuff and was like, Brilliant. No one else is going to fucking know that. I'm made up and I can fucking carry that fucking flame forwards now. Fucking. Fucking flame. <laughs> fucking fuck. Fuck, fuckity fuck. Um, yeah. Fucking fantastic. Um, yeah, that show will be up probably with slightly less swears in it. Um, if that's not your bag, but yeah, do go and do go and check that out. That'll be on the on the on the website this week. Um, I yeah, I, I this game feels to me very much like an, like an aberration more than anything else, Chris. And the the thing that gets it for me, how these people say football balances out, and I, like I'm a, I'm a laissez-faire kind of guy to some extent. I don't think you can take you you can celebrate the Burnley win uh, without being philosophical about losing to Swansea to some extent. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Then because Liverpool were pretty crap in both those games, the difference was, yeah, we had a, mo we had a moment of magic, which was lacking in the, you know, with Sadio Mane smashing it in with a, a left-footed one. And we had that little, and we had a chance late on to get something. And we had that chance, albeit it would only have been for a draw in this game. 
got, you know, I look at it and let's look at the Mohamed Salah chance in the first half. Mm-hmm. The ball gets flicked over to exquisitely by Virgil van Dijk. If he scores that, no one bats an eyelid. We think it's a great goal and it is a great goal, but you don't, that's not dropped to Joe Gomez. In yeah. the box, that's dropped to your top goal scorer, second top goal scorer in the, the league or whatever, if he still is. Yeah, yeah. Um, that And that goes in and you're like, wow, what a goal, we're amazing at football. And maybe the game changes on that, maybe it doesn't. Maybe they still, it's still one all and maybe we still go into the last few minutes desperately searching for the, for the three points and maybe the ball gets flicked in once again by Virgil van Dijk with another spectacular cross and Bobby Firmino nestles his header in the bottom corner. This time, however... That one doesn't go in, and this time he hits the post, and this time Lalana just not quick enough to to turn it in the back of the net. It's whilst Liverpool, I don't think did enough, and I don't think we we posed enough questions. I don't think we posed as you as you kind of alluded to with the XG stuff. I don't think we posed no questions. I think we did enough that if you have on another day. You're definitely coming away with something from that from that game of football, and but all that happened is the perfect storm, and I don't know how how well it comes across on the telly, but you know we were there. I thought their fans carried them over the line in the last few yeah, minutes of that game as well. <laughs> um, their fans absolutely killed us off, uh, you know, in terms of the noise that we were trying to generate to, to do it and stuff, and you could see the the celebrations that they their players and their fans that, that stadium, everyone in that stadium stayed until the last kick of the game, and it bloody erupted when the final final Dude. whistle went. And so Fabianski, think, Fabianski running over to the fan, they know how important that was. Yeah. That was a gimme for them, you know. They they would they had no points from that game, yeah. And they went and got three against one of the better sides in the league, and yeah. it meant a lot to them because they needed the points. Man, fair play, they were fucking brilliant at what they did. Yeah, I think it. I think. So whether it's like the Sam Allardyce thing in the league game, I think you can buy into that. It'd be interesting to see whether they buy into that going for going forward. But it's telling that I think it's, it's we talked about in the build-up show about the way that the, the fixtures fell was going to fall kindly for one of us, us or them, because all their rivals for relegation were, were playing all of our rivals yeah. for the top four. <laughs> Now, as it turns out, the vast majority of their rivals got beat or dro- or, or dropped points, say. So it became an opportunity for Swansea, and I think it all became a little bit of a perfect storm for them to buy into. Is you, you say to them, look, we know you want to play football, you know that's why you were brought to this club, we know that's what the ethos of Swansea is, but you know what? You're going to get battered, because you got battered the other week. So what we're going to do is we're going to do this, and everyone's going to just fight for their lives. No one's going to overcommit to everything. We're going to sit in, and we're going we're gonna to be a team. We're going we're gonna to fight. And you know what? If it comes off, even if we only take a point, this is a point that that this is going to be a massive point for us. And as it turns out, you know they get the they get the, the rubber degree. It's a freak. It's another one of those freaky freaky goals. I don't think Virgil Van Dijk take, should take too much criticism ultimately in it. I think it's one of them. It bounces off a fella and drops to a, drops to a fella. They've stuck it in an absolutely fair play to Swansea because that is a that's a massive three points. And I think we said this on the the Instant Match Reaction podcast this week. At the end of the season, when they when they've survived, when they've secured their place in next season's Premier League, they will all remember that game. They'll all look back on that and fair play to that you. That was the catalyst. Mm-hmm. That's what we needed to do. We, we we worked together. We worked hard for that victory. And and you know what? I, I they did deserve it at the end of the day. Yeah. Because of how well they played. Yeah, and that's it. And um, on it's mad. It's it's a it's a mad five minute. I think even not even probably not even that spell of the game, but there's. It's them having the best spell of spell of passing 
in it, the, I remember saying you, that's like the most Swansea they've been in this entire game. They broke out of the shell for, for for two minutes. They played like Swansea. They passed the ball around us like we weren't there. And they put put us under pressure. Van Dyke makes a couple of missed kicks and putting them out for corners and the ball ends up in the in, in the back of the net. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. It was brilliant apart from that. Yeah, absolutely. That, to think, particularly Van Dyke. Van Dyke could have had two world-class assists yeah. in that game. And I think that's the, the thing for me. I, I, I enjoy this performance. Now, it's it's just it's unfortunate that he, it has to be him who's the guy who effectively nods the ball down and it's him who's the one who miskicks the clearances twice. Um, he looked to me, Chris, like he was... When he did both of us, because particularly the second one, um, he looked like... Like, kind of looked at his body almost, looked at his leg. I'm like, okay, that's... That's not how that normally happens. Exactly, exactly. And it makes me wonder about him and about... Because you know how he had the... He had this tight hamstring the other week, so he missed the game, didn't he? And it makes you wonder whether we're still seeing a Virgil van Dijk who's... He's having to... He's being brought up to speed in terms of the training. So, tactically and physically. Yeah. And then he's being tasked with playing football games. And so, you know... the. What I'm saying is, I think we'll see. We're, we're going to see loads better from Van Dijk, and mercifully, there was enough within that game as well. There's tons, exactly. Made, made like eight clearances yeah. during the game. You know, he strode out. He played passes. You know, almost had a couple of assists, and you know, I think he won eleven of his sixteen duels uh, in tough areas of the field as well. Um, you know, I thought Ayu played really well actually, but he, there was one time where just before their goal actually, he had to chase Ayu into their half and he did that brilliantly and he managed to get back into position. He was leading at corners, he was leading at free kicks, he was speaking all the time, he was telling people where they need to be. That's a future captain right there, mistake or no mistake. Yeah. Whatever you think or you don't think, if, if it was his fault or not, that's a fucking captain right there. I absolutely agree. Um, I mean, to be fair, I did also say within the first five games that Dejan Lovren played for Liverpool that he, he looked like captain material so I won't, I, won't, I won't throw my hat in totally on this but I do I do agree I think he looks he he, he looks the part I think we saw that uh, in the derby the other I, I also thought that he he, he made Matip look better yeah um, not only in a defensive sense but you know, there was times during the games, and I'm not saying that Lovren and Matip and Clavin haven't done this throughout the season Paul because I think they have where you've you've seen centre back stride forward mm-hmm. before, but I could count you three or four times Matip did it because he's got that trust in Van Dyke to stay and cover. Yeah. And equally, you know, I've saw Van Dyke do it sort of three, four times, especially at the end of the games. Probably shouldn't I'm not gonna count maybe. You know, there was a there was a there was an understanding between the two of them that if I go you stay and you might see that once during a game from our centre backs normally. There was a lot of pressure put on those two centre backs to create. And the more that they get used to doing that against these low box sides, the better these guys will get at it. it. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with that. And I think it, it gives us more balance as well. Because there's always one. Yeah. It's like Matip was the I'll guy I'll give the ball to Carvin and we'll be fine because he's not going to do that. Yeah, exactly. Matip is the guy who's normally tasked with it. And you can see they both did those. There was one where it, look, it leads to Matip taking a snapshot that he's probably not, you know, you don't really want him taking per se. But that's... There's two ways I think in beating the, the the low block. You need you need more width. You need to overload on the flank, but also bringing just bringing more men into the equation. If they're sat deep and you can get guys who are good on the ball coming coming from deep and playing little little give and goes and stuff like that. It's I, I think yeah exactly. I think I think Matip's good at that. We've not been able to see him at his best with it because of maybe as you say because of the partnership. 
but how it's another problem for the opposition teams exactly. because look again let's just switch it back to Van Dijk he could have come away with two assists that there's a lot of people talking about the absence of Felipe Coutinho in that game our centre half has just put two balls in I'm going to say for the sake of argument on a platter almost for two of our, our well our two top goal scorers yeah pretty interesting isn't it in his second game in his third week at the, at the football club I think we're on to a winner um, yeah as, as mentioned that, that starting tactic show from Chris will be up late on Wednesday night definitely up by Thursday so if you want that, it is a video show because you need to get involved and see the the, the graphics and, and the stats or whatever. But if you're really into the detailed analysis of how things get down with Liverpool and how the games are getting won or in this instance lost, um, and you need a bit, you know, to do as a draw comfort from it and, and kind of cut through all the, the chaff that you see that's opinion and bollocks on social media, Chris has absolutely got you covered. So go to the redmentv.com, sign up to free month as well. So if you want to experiment with it, have a little look, check these shows out and all the other extra stuff that we're doing as well, then by all means do and we'll see you there. Um, move on then, Chris. Obviously, Liverpool are going to move on. Uh, what will lead into this from a question, we've got a couple more questions to come later on in the show, but at Vintage Virgil... <laughs> um, Underscore underscore no less on Twitter asks would you rather we get top four or win the FA Cup now I would suggest that it's probably a bit fatalistic to say that we can't have both I want both yeah I want both hmm. but get, if you, it just just let, for the sake of playing the game in, in, in a in, in a quick summation personally fuck the FA Cup yeah um, this season I mean look here's the thing Liverpool should not sacrifice that, that top four is too important to the development of this football club for, for the short term definitely and realistically forever and ever and ever it's never not going to be important for us to qualify for the Champions League yeah so what I mean is I don't see there's ever going to come a situation where you would preface the FA Cup, you wouldn't. You're not going to sacrifice the the entirety of the next season and maybe the season after that for a for an FA Cup. Yeah, you but you, but the aim has got to be to be capable of meeting the ambitions of what a club needs to be able to function at the highest level, and that is the Champions League revenue and the and the yeah. the glitter of the Champions League for new players, whilst also bringing silver. You, you're exactly right, and top four is okay this season. Top four is not okay next season. I don't want to be. I don't want to be talking about a fight for top four. I want to be talking about a fight for the league title. Yeah. And I'd even fast forward that to next season. You know, I don't want top four next season. I want us to be in that race. Yeah. You know, I want us to separate ourselves from fifth and sixth. I don't. Why should we be fucking fighting between fourth, fifth, and sixth every season? Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's <clears throat> it's easy said. Of course it is. But equally, if it's this season, if it's top four or FA Cup and you're going to be so fatalistic as to say it's one or the other, well, I'm taking the Champions League and that's my route back in. Yeah. Right? And I'm taking the FA Cup, thank you very much. And I'm getting my cake and I'm eating it. Because I'm getting back in as the Champions League winners. Right. I get you. I'm going to Right, so win the Champions League, finish seventh, <laughs> yeah. but win the FA Cup as well, just as a little spot. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. I'll be, I'll be all in on Cheat that. Cheat code. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, I, it, it, you know, it is what it is. 
That's it's a... sad, isn't it? It's sad, but there's too much money in the Champions League. Yeah, there's too much money, and it's too much. Uh, it's too difficult to attract the right type of player when you're not playing in that competition. It is the greatest football competition in the world. Yeah. Players want to play in it. You don't get a spot for winning the FA Cup, therefore it's devalued. Yeah, the money thing probably isn't even that big of big yeah. of a deal. Just to players. Yeah, just in the FA Cup in, in general. Though, I I wonder whether this is a la- our last season. So maybe not. I mean, it's see how seasons pan out. But bear with me on this. This might be our last chance at it, and I don't mean that Liverpool can't get to a final or win it in the future. But as you say, I think the ultimate priorities from next season, because look, this is all dependent on how the rest of the season goes. If Liverpool finish, if Liverpool end up more comfortably in the top four, finishing the top four this season, I don't mean squeaking it on the last day. I mean whether we end up second or third or six or nine points ahead of the team the team in fifth and we get to a quarterfinals or wow a semi-finals of the Champions League let's dream next season you're right there should be an expectation that Liverpool take the title race down to at least the last handful of games if not go on and win go on and win the thing I'm not saying if you then miss out on the title it's throw the baby out with the bathwater you know the manager kind of stuff, yeah. but the point is that should be a, that should be an ambition. And if you're capable of getting into the quarters, semi-finals of a Champions League, I'm not saying you have to go and win the Champions League, but you definitely need to make sure you at least well, get that. Well, you're that over the FA Cup. I mean, exactly. What sides? How many times has the treble been done over the years? It's difficult, isn't it? You know, it's difficult enough to win the Premier League. It's difficult enough to win the Champions League. It's, Never mind do the double. I mean, exactly. We, we've just come out. We, we start. I think anyway, we're starting to come out of this little mini era we've had where the Premier League teams haven't been able to compete on. The, it's not possible to win the Premier League and the Champions League double at, at, in in recent years, certainly. And English teams have struggled in in the Champions League. I think we're starting to come out of that hopefully a little bit more, and we'll see teams be competitive on the European scene a bit a bit more out of that. But that's the problem. You're right. It's it's basically the league is too competitive. Yeah. That's the problem, and this is what the top four thing boils down to as well, is that it's you just can't afford to take your eyes off the prize, and it's sad because we've been laughing at Arsenal about it, you know, albeit with a, a, a side of jealousy to that because, you know, he doesn't want to be playing in the Champions League every season. Um, you've got to hope that we do have harbour ambitions above finishing fourth, first and foremost, but you can't, you can't fuck out, you know... If Arsenal are capable, look, Man United have had to spend big. Man United spent a couple of years out of it. They had to spend massive. They had to spend massive wages on a manager. They had to go and spend ridiculous money and wages to get top quality players in to, to try and jumpstart their, their jumpstart the club to some extent. Mm-hmm. Arsenal, if they don't win the Europa League this season and don't get back in the top four, they're going to have to go and do exactly the same thing this summer. And that's exactly what Liverpool. I don't think Liverpool can afford another. Few, another slip back into the wilderness because I don't know where that I don't know where that leaves us. I don't know where that leaves the owners. I don't know where it leaves the manager. Now's the time to capitalise. It's not very often, is it, where these cycles of change happen with the top four, top six, or whatever it is. You know how often the teams actually drop out. It took Tottenham a long time to really break it, and it doesn't look like they're going to drop out anytime soon. Although obviously we're we're performing better than them this season. Arsenal's the one where you're looking at and you think they might drop out, and it's we've got to capitalise yeah. long term, not just this season or last season. Long term, we've got to make sure that they're what Liverpool have been for the last five years. Yeah, the ones who aren't in it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and then it's about climbing your way up that ladder, isn't it? And making sure that you're you're trying to reach for the top of the table. Yeah. And with regards to the FA Cup this season, look, ultimately it's 
we've got to get past West Brom, Chris. Yeah. And this is a team that frustrated the life out of us. Uh, you know, the back end of last year, really, really tough game. Having come off the back of the Swansea one as well, I, I think. I don't think. I'm not. I think it was reasonable to expect Swansea might have actually played a little bit of football in, in that game. You know West Brom are not going to try that. There's no shadow of a doubt. There is no doubt in the, in the manager's or the players' minds. This is going to be a game where West Brom effectively say, here you go, here's 90 minutes. Go and try and go and try and, and beat us in that. And that's, in some regards, probably not the best thing to follow on from that result. But equally, we all felt Swansea was going to be a great, it was the perfect team to play in that regard. It, it is what it is. It's at Anfield. We're great at Anfield. It is just down to the players that he picks to go and, and do everything in their power to get to get this one done and get their name in the house. Yeah, I think what Liverpool need to do in this game is start a lot faster than they yeah. did against Swansea. Yeah. I think that changes the entire complexion of the fixture, doesn't Absolutely. it? Yeah. Get this, get, and I love the cup atmosphere at Anfield as well. Mm. Um, it helps having so many away away fans. I think in the in the ground always gives it a little bit more. And it's just spice. different people as well. You know, it's not the season ticket holders in every single one of their seats. You know, yeah. not a lot of not a lot of people do go for the um, auto, cup. auto cup scheme and yeah. stuff. You just see a lot more families who are who are just buzzing to be there, and you can get some real good atmospheres. I love it. I love the cup games on field. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is massive, and it's the thing. Go to the one be going actually. Yeah, unlucky. Um, we say that. You know, we'll, we'll see how the game. We'll see how the game goes. It, it, it be typical Liverpool, Chris, for us to Don't end up in a fucking replay. Um, no, it, it, it. You know, it, it is what it is. Um, I, I think that. I think again. I hope because of the frustration of that result last time. I think there will be a hopefully anyway a little bit of a point to prove from the players from the, from the management to go out there. And again, I think exacerbated by the Swansea result. That was our best team. You could, you could argue maybe Lallana in for Oxlade Chamberlain, maybe Henderson in for, for Chamberlain. By and large, that was the best. That was certainly the best eleven Liverpool could have, could have put out against yeah. Swansea. So there was no excuses in that regard. And I wonder where. And, and I, I would be saying that. And I think that will be a motivation whether the Klopp has to say it or whether the players will feel it themselves. I think both going into this game is like if you, if you look if you're good if you want if you, look if you've won silverware if you've won to have medals that you can show your kids and your grandkids. Well, listen, lads. I can't. I can't go out there and stick the ball in the back of the net for you. I can tell you the best ways to go about doing it. It's on you to make sure you fight. It's on you to make sure you make the right decisions. It's on you to go and live up to the expectations of the still what forty five odd thousand Liverpool fans who are going to be in there who are desperate for it. We're gagging for it. Absolutely gagging for a for a for a for a pot um, at the end of the season. So yeah. Over Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain needs to be getting into the dressing room going look I'm not being funny I've got three of these with that Arsenal team <laughs> you know what I mean we can sort this out lads yeah absolutely yeah great um, so yeah I, I'm really looking forward to that one we will be having the usual raft of build up content starting 11 prediction and the uncensored match build up show which is in the form of video and podcast as well um, so all that stuff as ever video content and audio content available for you at the home of the Redmen TV theredmentv.com Question that I, I kind of alluded to earlier, Chris, comes from Quinton Janssen. Uh, it says, last we had a bad run this period as well. Is this becoming a norm? Was there sufficient changes slash players brought it, it upon to break the cycle? Um, reading the between the, the, the lines on that one, I, this is the fatalist thinking, uh, running absolute riot here. It's not a We're bad not run. in a bad run. We've lost one game of, we lost one game of football. Um, we've just beaten... We didn't beat anyone in January last year. 
We didn't beat anyone in January. We lost the games and we drew games, and it was terrible. Yeah, and then we think we, we took us how long did it take us to score a goal? It was terrible. It was terrible, terrible, terrible. One million minutes. Yeah, absolutely. That, that. Spot on current reference. <laughs> I like it. Bang up to date. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I was just a, a, a try to assuage Quayton's thinking here that it's going to be okay, mate. I hope. Listen, this is the thing. I, I, we don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. Football hasn't happened yet. Um, it's possible. It is within the realms of possibility that Liverpool could. Struggle to to West Brom, and then all of a sudden, it is a little bit of a it is a little bit of an issue. What you've got to do, Chris, in these situations is is take a deep breath, think of some think some happy thoughts, and remember that this Liverpool side is great. Um, they've got some great players, and the the manager and everything. Around. Look, we last week's podcast was like how things are looking up, and I I still genuinely feel that way. How about you? Yeah, of course. How can you not? Yeah. I just, I just don't understand that you go on the type of run that we went through, and you're like, it's brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. You know, we didn't have to speak about getting beaten for ages. That's the longest period while we've been doing this, and we've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. And that's the longest sustained period with the season on, <laughs> where yeah. we've not talked about a Liverpool defeat, yeah. and it's been absolutely magic coming in and talking about footy. And the worst part of what we do, and I love what we do, but the worst part is coming in or coming back to the studio after the defeat. Yeah. You know, and you, our our life was fucking magic for three months or something because that's it, that's how long it was and. Listen, Liverpool are moving forwards. They're moving in the right way. Um, they, of course, they've got the right manager in charge. Yeah, we've got some issues around uh, have we got enough players in the squad to go and truly achieve what we, I think we can achieve this season, yeah. and that is comfortably making top four. Uh, and it's making a making a big tilt at the Champions League. Not, we, we are better, whether you think the Tottenham game where we got beaten or the Man City game where we got beaten are outliers or not, we are better when teams come at us. Yeah. And the Champions League is going to be a little bit like that. Yeah. And we're perfectly set up to go and do something in the Champions League. And we've got the players to go and do it, crucially as well. Yeah. This side is better than 2005 sides. And we've got a manager who's just as good in Europe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just following up for that, we're on, the, on the Facebook, we had to put the question out as well. Uh, or the what, what is it? Po- a post out. There you go. Mm-hmm. On Facebook. Um Pierce Richmond said, he said, how about a topic on mass hysteria on social media and what kind of effect it can have on the players, the crowd, etc. Swansea was dreadful, but the fume that seems to have been waiting in the wings for such results is mental. Yeah, I think it's worth pointing out that, said this before and we'll say it again, that was social media is not a fair representation of how Liverpool fans really think about stuff. That's not to say that there aren't genuine Liverpool fans who feel that way and are out there spreading their opinion on stuff, but inevitably, particularly in the... Look, look at... Let's look at Arsenal Fan TV as an example of it and look at the guys who go out there. They walk straight out the ground. They've been riled up and then, again, they're surrounded often by a crowd of people who are riled up and angry as well. And it all filters out and it all bubbles over the top and you speak without having had time to calm down and really think about it. The problem with social media is that as well, is the people are doing that. And then, unfortunately, what, what doesn't get retweets is the person who's gone... Actually, I've watched it back and it, it, it was fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? No one re- no one's retweeting that shit. People are retweeting, fuck the manager, fuck the subs, fuck the this and that. No one's no one's no one's retweeting the calm, sensible view on stuff. So it, I think it always feels a lot worse than it is. And ultimately as well, and there's a lot of people out there, Chris, who they're not sure how to behave around football to, to some extent. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. 
and again, this is not this. This might be perceived as a dig about fans outside Liverpool, but it's not. It's more a dig of people and how you consume how the football is consumed. But if I sat down, if I got up at two o'clock in the morning to watch a film, and that film was shit, I'd be dead pissed off. But I'm sat on and the, and the process is the same. I sat, I get up, I open my laptop up, and I sit there, and maybe I maybe I even have a bevy. And I'm half bevied and I've watched the shit film. I'm angry with myself. I'm angry with the director. I'm angry with the actors. I'm angry with the company that the company that funded that piece of shit. I'm probably angry with me fucking laptop, you know, manufacturer. Um, and this is that this is that thing, isn't it? I think, uh, unfortunately, social media is the outlet for the for the people who have that aggression so yeah like I say it's definitely an issue it's an exacerbated issue more so I feel than ever this season but try your best not to worry about it. and that's what we're here for to help give you a little bit of pause a little bit of reflection and and now even more so than ever loads more detailed analysis so you can understand and get a greater understanding of if things are going wrong how they're going wrong and when things are going great which they have been so much more than they haven't been this season um, that's what we're here for on uh, on uh, theredmantv.com so please do everyone get involved last quick question there Chris Triple BSS who's at Frisky Firmino um, what do you watch more television or YouTube? Television still mm. yeah Although it's not like TV channels, it's like TV programs. TV programs. Yeah, I think that's the, the that's the the thing for me. I watch, I consume more content. I'm actually saying that when I think about it, it's tough. If I've got to, if I've got on my lunch, I don't put a TV program on. I put something on YouTube on. But if I'm at home, I don't put I don't watch stuff on YouTube particularly. I'll, I'll but I will watch Netflix or I'll watch. Now TV or something like that. Like you know, watch a movie. But yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I'd be interested to know people are watching. Where do you what what do you consume more of, and um, how do you consume it? I'm always interested to know because I think it's a quite interesting thing. And obviously, we've seen the rise of obviously social media. We've seen the rise of fan channels and the likes of what we're doing. So yeah, fascinating, fascinating stuff. Thank you very much, everyone, for the questions this week. Very, very good. Very, very good indeed. Hopefully, the mighty Reds can get us all smiling again with a place booked in the fifth round of the FA Cup. After snot and dancing Pardew and a face everywhere. Um, thank you for listening. If you are a subscriber and you're watching the video version, thank you very much. If you want more great content, I can't stress this enough. TheRedmenTV.com. Start your free month. Have a look. There's never been a better time. The content is amazing. Um, He's right, you know. Absolutely. And I don't even like him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah more, more of this stuff um, and yeah as I say it makes it all possible if you like the free stuff and you want more more of that stuff it's there for you hope you enjoy it hope you do t- choose to be a, a redmentv.com <laughs> subscriber um, thank you fuck you Chris Pajak uh, and walk on Ta-da. hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.